Hello, this is your Bible teaching program, Search for Truth. I'm your host, John Martin, and once again I'm very pleased to introduce our Bible teacher, Brian Johnston. This is talk number six in this series, called Nights of Old. This uh, time it's the night the jailhouse rocked, but not the way Elvis did it. We have instead events involving fortune-telling, greed and violence, unjust imprisonment and a wonderful transformation in people's hearts as they witness the awesome power of God. So, let's hear all about it now from Brian. To the north rises a ridge of hills, to the south an immense barrier of the Macedonian mountains, and in between is a vast plain. And on that plain lies the city of Philippi, It's night, and if the city of Philippi lies sleeping, the same can't be said for the prisoners in its jail, for at least two of them are singing. Men have sung songs in prison before, but they've been songs of obscenity. Here was a different kind of music. Two prisoners in the jailhouse, their feet in the stocks, and their backs bleeding from the brutal scourging of the Roman magistrates, were singing praises to God. Paul and Silas, the two prisoners, would know the songs of the Old Testament, the Psalms. I wonder if they sang, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. In any case, as Paul and Silas sang, all the prisoners would hear them singing, and probably responded at first with profanities and ridicule. But the missionaries kept on singing, and I wonder if the hearts of some of the hardened criminals grew soft. But what had happened? Why were those missionaries in prison? Well, it all started when they'd been going to the place of prayer and were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days, the Bible says. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned round and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners of the slave girl realised that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. So suddenly... At midnight, there had been a great earthquake which had shaken the very foundation of the prison and freed every prisoner. The jailer 
awakened out of his sleep and seeing that the prison doors were open, took it for granted that the prisoners had escaped, and he drew his sword intending to kill himself. When prisoners escaped, Rome held the life of the jailer forfeit. This jailer preferred to fall on his own sword rather than wait for the vengeance of Rome. But Paul, seeing what he had in mind, shouted, Don't harm yourself! We are all here! The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Saved from what? Not the earthquake, for it was over. The earth had become terra firma again. The terrible tremors of the earthquake were past. Neither was the jailer asking how he might be saved from the judgment of Rome, because he now knew the prisoners were still all there. None of them had escaped. No, it was some danger other than the earthquake or the judgment of Caesar that this jailer had in mind. His question had to do with the state of his soul. He was suddenly concerned about his relationship with God. In some way, there had been brought home to him that all was not right between him and God. He now knew he needed salvation, salvation from the judgment of God, not the judgment of Caesar. The earthquake might have shaken the physical building of the jailhouse, but its aftershock shook the jailer himself to the very core of his being. I guess it's possible he too might have heard some of the singing before he fell asleep, but at any rate he surely knew why these men, these missionaries, were in his prison. He realised these men had the answer to his desperate question, what must I do to be saved? It's important to remember what Paul didn't say to this man. He didn't answer him, oh you'll be all right, You've had a nasty shock. You'll be okay. Just compose yourself. Lots of people think that way today, even sincere churchgoers. Something might ruffle them, but basically they think they'll be okay in the long run. But this jailer knew he'd a soul, and through the Holy Spirit there had come to him the conviction that he was a sinner and that the wages of sin is death, and so he needed a saviour. Again, Paul didn't tell this jailer that he could save himself. He didn't say to him that night, stop any mistreating of your prisoners and let the dramatic events of this night teach you a lesson. No, neither is that the way of salvation. That's not the answer Paul gave to the Philippian jailer in his midnight hour of need. He didn't tell him that he could save himself, but he told him the true and only way to be saved from the judgment of God, the judgment which our flawed character and wrongdoing deserves. We are sinners by nature, and sinners by practice, and the only possible answer is believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Paul's answer is still the Bible's only answer. Let's try to see what it means. It seems there are different kinds or levels of faith. We might speak of faith in one another, or faith in the laws of the universe. Still higher is faith in God, that he exists, that he created the world, and that he upholds it, and us, by his power and providence. Alongside that might be faith in Christ. Faith, that is, to the extent, at least, that he once lived and died. But this is not saving faith. What the New Testament means, first of all, when it speaks of faith in Christ, 
is the total reliance of a soul upon Christ as our only hope of salvation. It's faith in what Christ did for you and me as sinners upon the cross, that by his death we are reconciled to God and have pardon and eternal life as a gift from God. A young man went out as a missionary to the South Sea Islands. John Payton brought to those islands the knowledge of Christ and the Christian way of life. When he was busy with the task of translating the Bible into their language, John Payton couldn't find the equivalent word in their language for the word faith. And without that word, the translation of the Bible would be very difficult to say the least. Day after day he listened to the speech of the islanders, hoping that he might hit upon some expression that would represent what the Bible means by faith. But months passed, and the word had still escaped him, until one day one of them came into his study and throwing himself down upon a chair said, It's good to lean my whole weight upon this chair. The missionary was arrested by that expression, to lean my whole weight upon. That was the word he'd been searching for. Saving faith in Christ is leaning your whole weight upon him for salvation. When Paul then said to this Philippian jailer, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, he meant that the jailer was to put his trust fully, full weight, upon Christ and him crucified. That's the only way of salvation. I hope it's clear to us all that this is not what some have called easy believism. Oh, just believe in Jesus and everything will be all right. Paul shares the full message he preached elsewhere, which was repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Why then was there no mention of repentance in his answer to the jailer? Simply because Paul could see that before him was a man who'd already been stopped in his tracks, shaken to his own foundations and turned completely around in his thinking, which is what it means to repent. God's grace had already brought him to repentance, had in fact brought him to an end of himself. At that stage, what he needed to do was believe. Repentance and faith is the way of salvation, one that humbles us and exalts God, for we are saved not through what we've done, but by what Christ did for us on the cross. And it leads to a new lifestyle in whoever accepts it. This jailer was saved through his faith in Christ, and as soon as he became a believer, he showed his faith by his works. For in the same night he took Paul and Silas and washed their wounds. Later, he responded to the biblical teaching of the Apostle Paul and was baptised in water as a disciple of Christ. I wonder, have you declared your faith in that way too? Are you trusting the Lord Jesus Christ? I sincerely hope so. 
This is God's solution to the problem of sin, a problem which affects everyone. There is only one solution, and that is found in the Bible, for it's God's remedy for sin. It's a problem, as I said, that every other belief or religion fails to answer. The Bible says in Acts 4, verse 12, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, only the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you'd like to know more about the Christian faith and what it could mean for you, please do get in touch. You might like to study the programmes in this series with the help of a transcript booklet, and you can obtain it by asking for the title Knights of Old. You can order by email or by post, and here's our contact details. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN4, 8DY UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. You might also be interested to know that many titles of Search for Truth transcript booklets have been turned into ebooks and are available at amazon.co.uk forward slash hyphen ebooks. Just type Search for Truth series into the search box and there you'll find them. Also look out for Search for Truth featuring on www.twr360.org. We're pleased that this is another excellent way of accessing what you first heard here on air. That's all we have time for today, but many thanks for the pleasure of your company and I hope you'll be able to join us again next time. Until then, very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian our studio technician David, our singers and me, John. So goodbye and may God richly bless you. Oh,